Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I know that I'm inventing a new term here, but it's a trap game. It's a trap game. It's crazy. The Eagles put up 44 points on them in Detroit. The Niners put up 41 points on them in Detroit. The Bengals put up 34 points on them in Detroit. It's time for the Vikings to get right. They'll kick their ass. That is just as blatantly as I'm going to say it. They're going to kick their ass. And with that, welcome into Vikings Vent Line. That was Friday when Declan Goff for sure a one-sided Vikings win. Phil Mackey said the Vikings would lose, and I said it would be a close win for the Vikings. And now here we are. Wow. Vikings Vent Line, sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing and also at TCL TV. If you watch this game on a TCL, <laughs> well, I hope it didn't break your TV. Never. That- because that might have been the worst football game I've seen. Uh, as I tweeted, boys, it was like a Stooges film. You were waiting for the next screw-up. Vikings-Lions has never been more egregious than that. Zolgad, Declan Goff, and in the middle, back home for a brief appearance, our Michael McDonald, Phil Mackey. Yeah. By the way, I, we had some like countdown technical issues. Are you guys good? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Yep. You're just a little hot. I'm a little hot. Yeah, I'm hot. Yeah, you're, 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 you're damn hot. right I'm a little hot. You're back, you're back in Minnesota. The, this game just absolutely killed us. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, this is uh, this is Vikings Vent Line, the most fan-friendly and interactive show in Minnesota sports. Daily Vikings entertainment, and in this case, therapy. Um, I know that Declan's going to be uh, answering your emails at vikingsventline at gmail.com. That's how you can get on the show. We'll be popping your comments up on the screen. Um, I told you guys starting Wednesday, I had a bad feeling about this. The Lions had three extra days to, pre- to prepare, which I think is part of the reason why they got off to a hot start. But then, you know, in a, even in our text thread during the game, Judd's like, don't worry, the Lions are going to Lions. They did by going for it on fourth and one from Vikings field goal range, protecting a two point lead and then throwing a pass. Jared Goff is hot garbage. Sean McVay, I'm going to steal a line from our uh, producer, AJ, here at Score North. Sean McVay deserves coach of the year again based on what we've seen from Jared Goff on a different team this year. Um, And I thought the Vikings were going to go sort of unpunished and unscathed by being allowed to win this game, but they deserved to lose this game. Everybody involved from Mike Zimmer up to Rick Spielman down to Kirk Cousins and everyone else in between deserves some slice of the pie chart of blame. 
Um, we're going to turn this over to uh, fans here in a second, Judd, but just real quick, your main takeaway from an embarrassing loss to the Lions. A terrible loss, but a glorious loss because it um, it now clarifies everything. Everything was crystal clear. Like it, Sometimes you have to hit what is your version of rock bottom to yeah. see the future clearly, and this did exactly that. Um, everybody, everybody who we've sort of been on the fence about now today showed what they are truly about. That, of course, does not include the magnificent number 18, Justin Jefferson. But yeah, I think today cleared up any questions about Cousins here, about Zimmer here, about Kubiak here. You take your pick. Um, don't tell me about injuries well Thielen got hurt okay nah, everyone deals with injuries man everyone deals and, with injuries and it's the yeah, lions no the lions it. are terrible so anyway um i thought today in a comical sense because that was that was pure comedy um cleared up the future for this franchise and everyone is going to get what they deserve yeah um yeah i mean it's um I, I th- you kind of planted the seed a few weeks ago after I think it was the Cowboys loss on national TV to Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback, that, all right, at least it told you sort of where this thing is at. But then, of course, they kind of come back to life and they win a couple games. And, you know, but that's what this is. They're not going to lose out just because they lost. They might win on Thursday. They might beat the Steelers by 20 points on Thursday night because that's how the Vikings operate. But I've seen enough as long as. Rick Spielman's the GM, and as long as Mike Zimmer is the coach, and as long as Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, and don't be fooled by a 120 passer rating, okay? It was a garbage performance in the first half. Um, they will not win a Super Bowl with those three as the leaders of the most important spots in the organization. So with that, this is Vikings Ventline, the most fan-friendly show in Minnesota sports. This will be your therapy today after an embarrassing loss. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and our executive producer, Slicing and dicing behind the scenes, Declan Goff. No relation to Jared Goff, no. the hero of the second half. Well, I, I tweeted out because I think we told Boone this too, like when we played the Lions earlier this season, that there's two Goff, there's two Goffs here. Both are overpaid and only one delivers on their job. So now <laughs> that is really subject for debate. We'll, we'll figure out here, I think over the next 90 minutes, who really delivers and who does not deliver at their job with the overpaid title still attached to both of those Goffs. Just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. And I think the lesson for Declan Goff is, listen, don't laugh when someone says the Lions are going to beat the Vikings when they have a bad feeling. When an old, wily veteran who's watched many Viking seasons, we have seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Let's turn the show over to the listeners here, though, because I don't know how much left there is for us to say right now. And we've got uh, several shows this week to say what we need to. So let's let the fans drive this thing. Declan, who's out of the gate first? Yeah, let's go to Malcolm. Malcolm, what's up, dude? You're on Vikings Ventline. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? What's up, Malcolm? Um, just watching the same thing, I think, uh, as as us as Vikings fans. I've been a Vikings fan for 20 years, just about, uh, since the days of, I want to say, Cole Pepper um, and the 98 Vikings where Gary Anderson missed the kick. Uh, so I've been around for a lot of heartbreaks. <laughs> Today, this didn't feel like a heartbreak. This felt like a prediction. Um, honestly, be uh, just watching Zimmer this year, it was something I called week one. And it seemed like the conservativeness this year uh, was at an all-time high somewhat. And it seemed like in this game on defense, uh, it's been the same thing sort of where it's like there's no pressure generated. Um, a good portion of 
the team doesn't seem prepared for these late moments in the mm-hmm. game. And for what I looked at today, even before the game started, I didn't want to wish the team bad. I just knew something was telling me that this is going to end in typical Vikings fashion, with uh, even with our injuries and everything that was going on. Um, but it seems like the door's knocking on, like, uh, as far as. Oh, we might have lost. will be lost in there. All right. Um, let's let's keep it rolling here. Who's next? Who's next on the Viking fan line here? Yeah, let's go to Skills from Jersey. What's up, dude? Hey, hey, what's going on? Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. We got you. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, at this point, I feel as though like it's like legitimately over at this point. Um, uh, just like a couple things. I have three phases. So I'll go from like a uh, defense uh, zero to like no sense of urgency to even stop the run. Like didn't even stop. They made Jared Goff look like 2018 Jared Goff from the Rams. It just looked completely insane. Uh, the offense literally, I mean, was conservative. I started seeing like check down routes and, and other stuff and the coaching just terrible. Like I, it was a nice little spark. Of course, like that's what they were supposed to do. It's the Detroit lions, but then it's the same thing that we've seen at the end of games. I mean, from like the 25 yard line, you guys let them drive all the way down with zero timeouts. And let Jared Goff score a game win a touchdown with three zeros on the clock. If mm-hmm. like this, I'm past it now at this point. I mean, I've been a Vikings fan since 2007. Mm-hmm. I'm only 25 years old. But um at this point, I mean, well, well, I mean, I just need to hear like what you guys have to say because like it's over. I mean, out, out of four years, we have a sub five hundred record. Kirk Cousins ha- doesn't win in prime time. I don't I don't know what else to say now at this point. Like it's it's just done. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. Good stuff, man. Boom. Well, the defense was a hot mess, but actually it, it was the offense's incompetence, especially in the first half, that drove me far more crazy. Uh, the conservative play calling and Kirk as well all came back. Uh, but here, here's my problem with Mike, in a nutshell, with Zim. When a former NFL kicker is the analyst – and not a great one, but he's no, the analyst no. on the game. Dude, and, it was bad. And at the end of the game, Jay Feely is saying, I pressure Jared Goff here. Because everybody knows Jared Goff, if he's pressured, might start to cry and fall apart. And Mike is playing what amounts to a play it safe and at times prevent defense mm-hmm. as if his defensive chess pieces are good. Like, yes. like, And they're not. Like the only way to fluster Goff was going to be to get in Goff's face. And if you did that, you gave yourself a chance. But instead, Mike played this like everybody was there. The whole, you know, like like he had Griffin and Hunter and everybody was there and we're going to get pressure with three or four. Um, So I think in a nutshell, that's where I'm done with Mike because Mike has just shown his hand too much over the last couple of years. He's not adapting now. Like he's not transitioning with the game and when and when Jay Feely is telling you the right thing to do and you don't do it, um, that's where I throw up my hands and say, "Yeah, you know what? What would you say you do here, Mike?" By the way, Spiro Didis, who has a great announcer's voice, just a wonderful play-by-play voice. I'll just leave it at that because yeah. with with a minute left, he's talking about the Lions' kicker being inexperienced, and Jay Feely has to correct him and say. Yeah, guy, they're down by four. Uh, field goal is not going to matter here. It's like, what are you guys doing? 
Yeah. Anyways, that's right. what happens when you get Lions and Vikings on CBS. By the way, these lights in here are it's been like a, you know, yeah. 9 months since I've been in the studio. It's just sweating my forehead off in yeah. here. Hot. Amazing. Hot. You know, actually, you know what it is. It's actually it's Mike Zimmer's seat is what's uh, oh, right on oh, top so here. Hot. Right? Yeah. From Egan. <laughs> That's right. All right. Who's next? Vikings vent line. Vikings therapy session. Let's go to NMR Sports. What's up, man? Where are you calling from? You're on vent line. Oh, oh we, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Here, let's a, let's go to that. Let's bring him back. Yeah. Yep. We'll uh, we'll go back to actually Emma. Oh, hey. What's up? You're on vent line. Where are you calling from? I'm in Indianapolis, actually. But, um, okay, I got a couple comments, and then I've got a question for you guys. Question, I know, comment number one, a lot of throwing short of the sticks again on third down. You've said this, Judd, a lot, but third and eight, throwing it to D.D. Westbrook to lose two yards, or chuck it down the field to J.J. to try to throw up a 50-50 ball to have your, you know, best player on the team make a play. I choose option B. It's basically like punting anyway. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, I was almost kind of bummed when Alex Madison ran in that touchdown when it was first and goal from the eight because they run too much, in my opinion, on first and goal from like the seven, eight, nine yard line. And now they're just going to keep doing it. But um, I just think that if it's first and goal from the nine and you get like two yards and then second and goal from the six, like what's the difference between those two things other than mm-hmm. the fact that you just lost it down? Yep. So well, yes, like that's a great be- take. I feel like they should be checking in some more. And then too many field goals. And then um, the last thing is, I thought you only went for two when you had to, like at the end of the game to tie it up, which is fine. But if you're going to go for two, don't just like run it up the middle to Alex Madison. And I just feel like the play calling is so vanilla that this offense would be completely boring to watch if it weren't for Justin Jefferson. Um, and then my last question I have is, okay, injuries are just a lot of bad luck. And you can't help that. But at the same time, I wanted to know your guys' opinion. If Rick Spielman has a little bit of the responsibility since we have signed in the past people like Barr, Cook, given them a lot of money, and then um, who have already just demonstrated a couple seasons in a row that, you know, they're injury prone. And I, I mean, it's tough. I don't envy them making the decision on what to do with Daniel Hunter because that's probably just bad luck two seasons in a row. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like. Sometimes we give contracts to people who maybe shouldn't be getting them. That's yeah, all. no, this is a bunch of great stuff. I, I want to take the uh, the injuries thing here real quick because every team deals with injuries. And I know that there's a lot of Vikings fans that will say, well, look how many players they were missing. Like, okay, I mean, the Packers played a close game, what, three weeks ago against the Vikings, missing like half of their starters, it seemed like including David Bakhtiari. So here's what's going to happen. Rick Spielman's going to look at Mike Zimmer and say, I drafted 38 players for you. Why are so many of them coming up short when it, when it comes to depth? Like, why are your linebackers over your backup linebackers that you should be developing overmatched when we go through an injury issue with the starters? Uh, why are the backup offensive linemen and the Ole Udos in over their heads? That's a coaching and development thing is what Rick Spielman would say. Mike Zimmer would say, well, why are you signing guys like Kirk Cousins to $45 million cap hits? And, and, and you know, you could probably go down the list. You know, Mike Zimmer wanted the Anthony Barr contract, and I'm sure Mike Zimmer wanted a couple of the other contracts, but they're both going to point at each other, and they both probably have some points. But, you know, Mike Zimmer has been sounding the alarm about depth on this team for a long time, going back to, like, the first week of training camp. Um, and, 
you lose to the Lions like this, and it's just a glaring example that the guys who are stepping in for starters aren't good enough. Whether it's a development issue or a drafting issue, it's an issue. The fact that you had to overhaul in your mind your offensive line today with a quarterback who, by the way, is a massive creature of comfort, right? Like Kirk likes consistency. And Rashad Hill could start for you, I think, the first five games. But today you're like, well, he can't start. Oh, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to move poor Ole Udo, who's struggling at right guard, to left tackle. And I know that he's a tackle by trade, but I mean, left tackle, that is one of the more difficult positions to play. We're going to bring Garrett Bradbury, who has proven he's not good, back at center and move Mason Cole. Why would you, I think, it, I think if I'm not mistaken, we're in week 13. Why are you redoing your entire offensive line today? Um, the problem is this. When, when it's as simple as I could go to Phil Mackey, De- Declan Goff, and ask them their opinion, and their opinion might be more right than my team, you got problems, okay? We've been talking for weeks about Kane, Nwangu, well, I don't even know, Spiro, Spiro Didis pronounced it. Wangwu. The last Wang two players is it Wangwu. Okay, so let's his go co- with... His, in college, it was, it was Nwangu. Okay. So anyway, who, who do you trust? Anyway, we've been talking about him playing offense for about a month now, and we've all agreed, man, you get him in space, that's awesome. Like, that, that could be something there. And today... On, I think it was uh, the first two-point conversion attempt, you handed off to him on what you consider to be a trick play, and he went up the middle into the A-gap. If I'd come to you guys on Friday, and I'd been like, okay, you guys, keep this on the down low, but I got an idea. I'm going to give this dynamic player with great speed a chance, but it's going to be more of a power move. You both would have said, Judge, you're crazy. So, like, this is the problem. I'm telling you, when you can start to say, and I'm not saying that I want to go call a game tomorrow, but when we can start to talk about common sense decisions, like, what makes more sense? Rashad Hill, who's not great going back in at left tackle because you previously trusted him, or does it make sense to really overhaul three-fifths of the offensive line? You're never going to say, let's take plan B, Judd. Especially, so I, especially with a quarterback that needs everything to be very particular. You could exactly. tell he he was in full teeth clenching mode in the first half, and then of course when it was like nothing to lose mode in the second half. All right, because you look at the numbers. Oh, cool, three hundred forty yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions, a one seventeen passer rating. That's what the numbers say. Watch the game. What are you? What are you talking, test. What are you talking about? about what are you? Who do you think the next call? All right, who's next? Vikings, Ventlin. Let's try to Can you hear me now? Sports again. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. cool. It was the default of the wrong mic. Okay, well, I do want to start off with, with a little positive note, because I know we're all being real negative today. Kirk Cousins lined up under the center the entire game today. <laughs> you know what? Round of applause. Round of applause. Yep. You know what? Big congratulations. Good note. I was really impressed. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the whole game. I went to pick up some Buffalo Wild Wings, though, and I honestly thought about changing my shirt before I went in. Uh, this game reminded me a lot of, remember the Denver Broncos game from 2019 where we were down by like 30 at halftime. Mm -hmm. See that one, we came back and won at least this one, this one should get Mike fired for real this time. Right. It has to, there's no more excuses. I don't know. Do you guys think he gets, do you think he gets fired on a short week before this Pittsburgh game? Cause I don't, I I think he coaches out the season, but, but, but he's done. Yeah. But he's done whenever it may be black Friday or black Monday, whatever he's, he'll be done. Black Thursday. I also was tweeting throughout the game, and it's just wild how we can predict 
every single play that the Vikings are going to run when they're not playing well on offense. Like literally I saw it was third and eight. I wasn't even watching the game. I was on my phone. I tweeted, oh, it's third down. How many yards behind the line of scrimmage is this pass going to be? And they passed it five yards behind the line to Tyler Conklin. Yeah. It's it's just incredible. I wish I could like apply to be the opposing defensive coordinator (laughs) against the Vikings every week. Because I, I, I'm pretty sure I could hold him under ten points Dude, every week. How about this? And again, like you know, we're just we're just four idiots drinking surly here, you know, in our little home studios and stuff. And then we're sitting there all season saying Justin Jefferson looks like one of the three best receivers in the NFL. He looks like a Hall of Fame talent. Maybe throw him the ball more than like it's like if they throw him the ball ten times, it's like celebration mode, right? God forbid he gets fifteen or eighteen targets in a game in the first half today. Justin Jefferson had. Six targets for 85 yards. All other Vikings had 29 targets and touches for 64 yards. So 20 fewer yards. And then, of course, they come out in the second half and make an effort to finally get it to Justin Jefferson, and they finally start scoring points. But why are you conceding 30 minutes of football by doing what you did in the first half? It doesn't make sense. And I get that I'm preaching to the choir with the three of you guys. So, yeah. Anyways, all right. Any other thoughts from you, NMR Sports? Uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I one last thing, uh, we need to get the ball to CJ Ham more. He had a catch for 19 yards today. He was, was amazing today. He really was. Yeah. Anyways, appreciate you having <laughs> awesome, me on, guys. Dude. Love it, dude. All right. Let's hey, get started. Real quick before we get to our next uh, next event, I want to put out this comment from Mike Tice, former Vikings head coach, on Twitter. Oh God. Oh God. He goes, "Really, effing Detroit? Even my <laughs> sorry ass never lost to Detroit." <laughs> Yeah, well, he's right, right? Then he he went he went undefeated against the Lions. Yeah, three years, six and zero. Right, Amazing. We'll keep, keep it wrong. Let's go to uh, Nick. Nick, what's up, man? You're oh, what's up, guys? Just gotta say, big fan of the show. I love you guys. What's also, up, Nick? No Cyclones. I'm here with uh, my buddies at Iowa State. They're all Bears fans. And one thing <laughs> I gotta say is, I, the Vikings are a good football team. They have good players, but they're just horribly coached. I watch the Bears play every week. They're just a bad. They're just a bad football team. They are a bad football team. But I just have a couple things I want to say about this game in particular. Zimmer, we've said it all season long. He's supposed to be a defensive guru, right? He's a defensive coordinator acting as a head coach who doesn't know what he's doing on defense. Every single game, our run defense is horrible. We can go to last week against the 49ers with Debo and Elijah Mitchell. I feel like every time a team runs the ball against us. It's a guaranteed three yards or more. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's insane. It's not, it's not fun to watch. It, it just having teams go down our throat offensively. I feel like there's always something we can take away offensively. I mean, JJ is top three in the national football league. Dude, right now. He's he, so good. He is that guy. And I mean, again, we got to feed him more. I, I think we're doing a little bit better job of, of feeding him, but Kirk, like, I don't know if this is, Clint Kubiak's fall with the play calling or what on third down, but how many times are we going to see Kirk throw it to Conklin on a third and 20 <laughs> and just, just a check down for five yards. And everyone knows Conklin's not going to make up the rest of the 15 yards. So it's just, it's just, it's hard to watch every single week making the same mistakes games going to the fourth quarter every single week. It's, yeah, dude. it's so it, mm-hmm. it's draining. And I'm look, I'm, I'm 19 and I feel oh. like I'm 30. 
it's so much pain left, dude. So much pain <laughs> left. I'd like to apologize for what life has handed you by being a Vikings fan. Yeah, you got decades of this crap left, man. Yeah, so strap in. But it's like, but the thing is, they suck you in because it's never as bad as the Lions. Like the stuff that the Lions fans have dealt with is just right. you know bottom feeding last place. The Vikings string you along. They yep. tease you a little bit. They give you that Packers win. Uh, you know, they, they'll they give you – my guess is they'll probably beat the Steelers by double-digit points on Thursday to suck you back in again, yeah. and then they go and do this yeah, every time. It's, just, it's unfortunate. It really is. Nick, great stuff, dude. Hang in there. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Bless you. Learn Bless you, son. You'll, you'll learn from this as a fan. Uh, on the pressure front, so you guys all watched that last drive as Jared Goff, who is – as bad of a starting quarterback as you'll find in the NFL right now. He is just atrocious. And they showed a couple, like that interception he threw, you know, the drive earlier or whenever it was. He's got like three wide receivers breaking open, but he can't unlock his eyes from Hawkinson. It's like, dude, you're not a rookie anymore. You've been in a Super Bowl, for God's sakes. So here's why letting your four mostly backup defensive linemen who are gassed at the end of a game Rush and expect pressure was a huge folly by the Vikings. Jared Goff is one of the worst starting quarterbacks against pressure in the NFL this season. He is, by any measurement, he has a handful of interceptions against pressure. Uh, he has a low completion percentage. He is I mean, he's awful always, but he's especially awful under pressure. And they just let him sit there and throw nine-yard underneath routes yeah. with their coverage and with no not sending an extra man, and then all of a sudden the Lions are you know 12 seconds left. They get three cracks at it. The Vikings deserve it. Mike Zimmer deserves it. All of them deserve it. But at least Kirk Cousins got his 340 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, and a 100 passer rating. Let's give a round of applause for Kirk Cousins' passer rating. Everybody. Way to go, Kirk. Way to go. Congratulations. Yeah, 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 man, that was a great, great Incredible. Day. Yeah, hang what the a, banner. What a great day. You were given that game, like the Lions officially, not once but twice, completely lioned, and you gave it back. That's hard Dude. to do. There are a lot of Vikings teams that can't accomplish that. Dude, that was the hold my beer meme in yeah, personified form. Like both teams, how atrocious and embarrassing can you be? Hold my beer. No, hold my beer. No, actually, hold my beer again. They took a delay of game on third and one <laughs> as the clock was winding down. I know, I know. He took Jared Goff took two delay of Dude, games, and even so again Jay Feely, who was a kicker, is like, "What's he doing? What is happening?" I know. Um, this is Vikings Vent Line, and it's part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Daily Vikings Podcast. Mackie, Judd, Declan Goff, our executive producer. If you're watching us right now on the Score North YouTube channel, please click the subscribe button so that we can give you therapy the rest of the season on a daily basis. And um, if you're just sick of this mediocre crap, hit the like button because it'll help spread the word about this show to other struggling Vikings fans. So, all right, Dex, who's next? Let's go to uh, John. John, what's up, man? You're on Ventline. Where are you calling from? Uh, Plainview, Minnesota. I was actually on the right side down. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, this game is just – I don't understand the Vikings. Like, why can't we blow out the Lions? Like – because they're, they're the Vikings. <laughs> they're 10, like, like, like Jeff was saying, a comeback game. We should blow them out. But I don't get it. Yeah, and we're John, we're losing you a little bit. But, I mean, it, yeah, well, they've played 12 close games because they're not good enough or they don't have the desire to run it up on somebody. 
Like, we gave the 40-point offensive stat. I mean, the Vikings have enough weapons to score 40 points more than once in 39 games, which is what it's been. And defensively, why are you not trying to apply pressure to one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL against pressure? Like, it's all just mind-numbingly stupid. And offensively, you had every chance. Um, Justin Jefferson's box score from today's game, which is going to be outstanding, is one of the most deceiving box scores through no fault of his own in the sense of they almost didn't throw to him the entire second quarter. And they did late when Kirk was like, oh, my God, we got to get down the field. Oh, my God. But think about if they had actually thrown to him at the appropriate times and done this right. And the other thing I love, too, and this is a Kirk thing. So, so like, this is, and the Kirk stands are going to hate, hate this, but it's absolutely true. How about the pass where Justin Jefferson where, where was on a choice route? And Kirk was locked in, too. He's going to cut inside. He's going to cut inside. And so Kirk just zings the ball inside, and it's almost picked because Jefferson saw that he had the defender and was going to cut outside. And then Jefferson, the receiver, who basically has no control of the football until it's in his hands, did the my bad, my mistake. Do you know why? Because he he's smart enough to know Kirk will collapse. Like, if you get up and are like, Kirk, what the F are you doing? Kirk's going to go into a shell and it's going to get worse. Justin Jefferson, a young man who probably is as frustrated as anybody playing with this team, had to essentially fall on the sword for Kirk. Think about how many quarterbacks would have said, yeah, it's my bad. Choice route, my bad. And by the way, like when when he – like I almost feel like – the first half of this game, they were still sweating the like the interception and some of the bad play against the Niners. You know, it's just like they were they were freaked just, out by the pick. All of it, yeah. And and if I have to hear one more set of commentators on CBS, Fox, or NBC or whatever network talk about how Clint Kubiak is just you know still getting the feel for play calling and. You know, he's just, uh, you know, every every week is a learning experience for Clint as a play caller. Like, why are you bringing in a guy that needs to just get experience as a play caller in a win-now season? It's just like, oh, my God, make it stop. All right, who's next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Vikings fan 47. What's up, man? You're on Ventline. Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas. Iron Range. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, yeah, I want to focus on the coaching staff, a few uh, critiques of their approach so something that we see through the nfl is that scheme or game strategy can sometimes beat more talented team you see that with new england in this situation with the vikings we're used to having more talent than the other team and we still hope to just barely win the game because our strategy might be not so good what i saw today was an opportunity for staff to be like all right this is a winless team let's go in there let's have a business-like approach Let's be the aggressor on defense. Doesn't matter who's not playing or who is playing. Next man up. And what I saw from the coaching staff was we're going to play soft, not aggressive. We're not going to press, but we're going to play soft. We're going to give a big cushion, 10 yards, 8 yards. That is big cushion for the NFL. Another thing, coaching uh, uh, critique. They scored on back-to-back drives on seam routes from tight ends against our safety. Those middle third safeties or free safeties, there was no one else in their zone except for that tight end. So whether that's the player or the fact of the game strategy, hey, Jared Goff might try to attack the teams. And looking at film, they should be if they beat you once, it shouldn't happen twice on back-to-back drives in the first half. And then the last thing was just the last play of the game with four seconds left. We rushed three. 
and we played soft on the backside, mm-hmm. that's not how you win football games. That's just, that's it I was mean. just like, just yeah, they were just crossing their fingers and praying on that last drive. Fikes fan 47. All right. Good stuff there. Um, let's keep it moving here on Ventline. Let's do it. Let's go to uh, Jim. Jim, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Ventline. Where are you calling from? Uh, for the mean streets of Philadelphia. But um, esteemed gentlemen and, and sports padre, I, I'm going to get it all out. I'm going to lay back on the couch and let you guys diagnose. Uh, this was This game was a very, you know, your first job when you're working, uh, working at McDonald's and you mess up really bad. And you get fired, but you get fired in the middle of the shift, and the the manager's just like, you know what, don't don't worry about the rest of your shift, we'll figure it out. That's kind of how this game should have gone. Oh man, Jeff, Jefferson needs to go to the Wilfs and tell them, hey, it's Zimmer and Kubiak, or it's me. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> I would actually, I would, I would pay money on pay-per-view to watch Justin Jefferson walk into the Wilfs, wherever their offices are. I'm assuming they have offices inside TCOPC, knock on the door and just throw everyone under the bus. I'm here oh, for that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just need an OC who knows that you don't call a draw play on second down. I need him to scheme up correct draws and screens where guards actually get outside the hash marks and actually pull and look for more work. I just said, and one positive of that is these tight end screens could be, explosive if Irv was actually the tight end. Mm-hmm. But that's another detriment to Kubiak because you have to change the play calling for the players that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And Rashad Breeland, you can go step on a Lego. <laughs> Amazing, man. All right, Jim. What happened, by the way, on that? So Breeland, it looked like he was almost trying to bat that pass down. That It was a tailor-made interception in the end zone. Yeah, I think he dropped it. I think it, it definitely hit his gloves, and it, it looked like it bounced off his fingertips i thought he just dropped it mm. all right dex let's keep it rolling let's do it let's uh let's go to jake jake what's up man you're yes, on the i'm line. back boys how you guys doing Good. what's up jake called in a few weeks ago well like a month ago the dallas game so i'm back um so i'm just gonna jump right into it mike zimmer to me is just the only problem there are issues with everything else but mike zimmer is the reason we're losing these games he's got no imprint on the offense defensively, which is his strong suit, he's he's supposed to be good at teaching the secondary. And apparently he can't teach zone coverage because nobody can do zone coverage. Breland can't do zone coverage. Dancer can't do zone coverage. In the last couple callers ago, when they talked about those touchdowns, uh, the, the tight ends, the linebacker is supposed to dip back and cover that tight end. He's supposed to get the, the two. He had the second guy. He had the, the second guy was his key. He let him go straight by him. And then um, – I forget. Who's our other safety? Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. There you go. He had to come back and help. He had, he had over the top, but that was not necessarily his man. It was uh, 59, I think, Vigil. That was his man. He let him go clean by, and that happened about twice. Um, and then just back to Mike Zimmer as a whole. We talk about how, like, a coach and their quarterback and having, like, a rookie contract is going to, like, help the team be stronger, the more money to spread it around. That is that is exactly the direction we need to go. I looked up – I have it kind of memorized, but I'll make sure I get it all right here. I looked up the longest NFL tenured coaches in the NFL. We got Bill Belichick, Sean Payne, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid. Number seven is Mike Zimmer. He's the only coach out of all those coaches who has never made a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, count, count the rings with those – I mean, I just, just just getting to a Super Bowl would would be you know a step exactly. in the last forty years. But yeah, and even count the, the guys rings. behind him. We got Sean McDermott, and then you got Sean McVay, 
I mean, McDermott hasn't made a Super Bowl yet. Maybe they're getting they're they're they have an opening right now, but McVay's already been to one, maybe gets the two. Uh it's it's just time. Yep. It's time to let him go. Jake, perfectly. great stuff, man. We'll definitely get you on again sometime. We also have a question from a Patrick James Roycey who's watching us on his big screen, God Bless America, in his living room right now. So congratulations to Patrick for figuring out how to access YouTube on his TV in Golden Valley. And he wants to know, were you guys impressed with Kirk Cousins' sportsmanship after the game? Very congratulatory to several Lions well, I mean, Kirk Kirk won today because his passer rating was over 100 and nothing else matters. Defense fault. Everyone else's fault. Defense, yeah. coaching, Kirk was, you know what? front Kirk, office. I saw that, too. I saw that. I saw Kirk immediately go over and congratulate Detroit. I, and you know what? Great leadership. This might be Kirk's next stop. Go home. Go home. Play for the home. I'm sure he'd run. They are in the market Lions for a quarterback. Fan. They're going to be and and they're dumb enough to o- overpay him because his stats are good. Like he'd be the perfect Lions QB because he wouldn't train wreck them. He wouldn't help them a ton, and he could grow gracefully or not gracefully old there. And it'd be like Kirk Cousins has come back home. I think Kirk Cousins as a Lion might be the most fitting end to his career. Yeah, and then we could really find out if. Uh, Who's higher on the mediocre quarterback pecking order, Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins? Put Kirk with the Lions and see if he can win seven or nine games. Then we can then we can really crown one of them. Yeah, I like it. All right, uh, let's get to our next Vikings fan here. Let's go to Armando. Armando, what's up, man? We're on Bentline. Where are you calling from? <laughs> <Poor Armando. laughs> I don't. Uh, it's okay. Are, are Take we a deep breath. Rid of Zimmer anytime soon? Are we getting rid of Zimmer anytime soon? That's all. After I the know. season, probably. After the season, I don't no, think now. To, I know, but I don't think it day. makes sense right now. Just calm, calm down, deep breath, deep <laughs> breath. Just like take a second. No, no, help me explain that to me. Why not now? Just explain that to me. I swear I'll go. Just explain that to me. I don't want you I'll to go. go because because this team right now, if if you fire him, this team is not worth trying to make a playoff run to get a seed that's going to go to a bad team. So I would far more prepare, be prepared to allow what's going to happen now in what these last five games, and then right. the day after the season, fire him. I think there's a chance Spielman is let go as well, and allow the new GM to assess the entire thing. And I told you though, I said this a month back. I do not want an interim coach here because of my Leslie Frazier syndrome which is Andre Patterson's done a great job. Should we consider him? No, I don't want someone off the current staff. I want to get fresh blood in here. Okay. Well, I'm just as pissed as I was last week, just to let you guys know. I don't know if you could tell, but um, I told my friend who's a Lions fan that if those guys lose next last week, that they were going to beat us this week. And here we are. We lost to a team that has no wins. We suck. The season's over. I'm done. I'll talk to them next year. Justin Jefferson will be lucky to have them next year. It's over. The season is literally over. Now, if we happen to pull something off, you guys can call me out on it, but I do not see it. It's over. It's over. Armando, we love having you on, man. Thank you. We're here as your therapist on Vikings Vent Line Purple Daily. A lot of work there, boys. Yeah, man. There's a lot of work there. A lot of work to be done. Yep. I think it's interesting that people are in different stages of this. Like I've I've definitely and, and just looking at Twitter throughout the day too, there's definitely 
people who are in the rage category. Mm-hmm. How can this happen? I am raging, you know. And then there's just the sort of exasperated disappointment. I don't know. When they lost to Cooper Rush on Sunday Night Football, I was like, oh, okay. All right. That's what this team is. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to lose out. But I'm very much in the acceptance phase and just sort of waiting for you know, when's the next shoe going to drop? Is it coach? Is it GM? Is it quarterback? Is it all three? So, oh, I honestly, I'll give you a preview. They're going to beat the Steelers on Thursday night, and everyone's going to feel like, oh, look at oh, and maybe the math that. will work out. Like, oh, they're back in the seven seed. I can see that. Like, there it is. Write it down, Dex. I'm hot right now. I told okay. you last week they were going to yep. lose to the Lions. Right. Yep. Write it down. Vikings are going to beat the Steelers on Thursday night. And then off the record, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. No, no. But today, but the Cowboys loss, this loss, they do help clear things up for the people who own this franchise. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you beat Pittsburgh now, the Wilfs aren't dumb enough to be like, oh, oh, hold on a second. Mike's turned it around. You lost to Cooper Rush. You lost to Jared Goff and Man Campbell, who, who God bless him, is, I guess, crying again. Is it true? Yeah, we're getting comments. I'm sure that, he's did, crying. Did, did I told Jan you guys, Campbell cry? Phil, I told you, if if he won, he's going to cry. Like, I'm trying to I, find it. I bet he's. I bet he's just absolutely. Oh, well, part of it is because the Lions, you know, yeah. spent the entire game there. You know, they. They essentially played this game for the for the Oxford High victims, and so there's oh, okay. the, it's it's pretty em- well, it's nice. an emotionally loaded day that's for. Nice. I just thought he'd cry regardless. He probably would have cried. He probably would have yeah. cried either way, right? Yeah. I like Dan Campbell. He's showing men that you can yeah, be I, emotionally available. I'd fire him immediately. He's you talk about <laughs> well, guy I'd fire. He's what awful. do you mean? He's awful. He can't coach a game. Shaves what do you mean he can't? He can't down. coach a game. He can't coach a game. That team fights for that's, Dan Campbell. Yeah, they fight, and he can't. He cannot manage a game to save his life. Just call, he's just Goff. calling random timeouts, too. It just, he calls random <laughs> timeouts. I mean, he knows Jared Goff stinks, and he's still like, I'm going to have you throw some passes here. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, real quick, uh, just real quick, Judd, tell the audience why you look so skinny here since we're about halfway through Ventline. Uh, that, that's because of my friends from Livia Weight Control Centers. I am down officially 28 pounds right now, 211 pounds on my way down to 280. And you can join me on this program with the Season to Believe program. Join today, save 50% off the program, and your first visit is free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. 50% off the program if you join right now, and your first visit is free. Start to lose those pounds right now. Don't wait for January 1st. I have actually now down gene gene waist size thirty eight to a thirty six. Oh, the thirty six is dude, wow, again. Dude, wow. Seriously, skull, this program dude. works. Skull, skull, to, skull to my weight loss, man. Zolgad <laughs> gene size. This is just New, this is great. I'm thirty six now, where I should be. Let's get Ju- let's get Judd into some uh, into some skinny jeans nope. in 2022. Yeah. That's the skinny goal, jean Judd baby. <laughs> skinny jeans on me would be so <laughs> offensive to so many people. All right, who is next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Will. Will, what's up, man? You're hey, Will. Ventline. How are you? Oh, well, I feel like I'm in purgatory, and if Judd gets down there, let's get him one of those uh, cheerleader, the Viking cheerleader uh, leggings. We'll get him in. One of those. <laughs> oh, I like it. But, let's make it happen. Let's shave those legs too. Oh no! no. So I did. I did Liv- Livia play. and Nivia. Judd Zolgat here. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't say this last time, but I've actually related to Jim Marshall. So I love when you guys talk about him. 
Well, I'm not even going to lie. This organization now is just kind of a stain on this legacy. What is, it's like a bad business. Right now, it's just like a bad business where you have, everyone's had that place where you had the worst managers on planet Earth, where they were just, they're there to make a buck and then go home. They don't care what's going on. They're there to make a buck. And at this point, it just, it so feels like that right now. I feel like Mike Zimmer's probably more interested in his Instagram girlfriend over at Zimmer Ranch <laughs> and going home to her. Uh, Clint, it's just, you know, I, I don't know how his dad's still letting him at the Thanksgiving dinner table. or even Hey, Will, table. okay, here's a question for you, Will. Do you think, all right, let's say if Mike Zimmer didn't have an Instagram model girlfriend, what would the Vikings record be this season? Because I'm saying at least seven and five. I think he's distracted. Yes, I think I think I think she's probably sitting in the background, being like, "Oh, hey, babe, you know what? You should you should do this." And I think she's giving him probably the worst advice out there. <laughs> blame blame his poor girlfriend. You guys are terrible. Oh, so she's the one that likes these tight end screens to Conklin. Okay, yes, I see. Exactly. I I see. It's her fault. I'm gonna blame it on her. If we're not gonna blame it on Zimmer, we're gonna blame it on her. He needs to. He needs to. Uh, no, he's distracted right now. Something's going on with him. And I mean, even, I don't know what it is, but something's going on. And I think the organization needs to just be upfront and let us all know what's going on. I'd be more understanding if you let me know, hey, this is what's going on. And this is what our plan is going for. Let us know at least. But I just want, I want your guys' thoughts on, um, at this point, I mean, we're we're just like Boone said. Fifty percent of the games are won in the trenches on the offense and the defensive line. Out, out of ten, what are you what are you guys giving both the offensive and defensive line right now? Thanks for having me on. Thanks. All right, thanks. Well, that's I mean, that's a relative of Jim Marshall, the legend, right there. So you better listen up. Vikings right. fans. Yeah. Uh, real quick before you answer that question here, Shades of Music comments on YouTube. Notice how they never put comments up that call them out for their takes. You know, we should do something once a week where we call each other out for our wrong takes and predictions. Okay. Don't you bank that one, Dex? Maybe we can come up with some sort of idea okay. for like Wednesdays. So like, so like something where it's quantifiable. Um, and then yeah. it, and even if it's like a really, really good or a really, really bad take, but it hits and it's accurate. Like we call that a home run prediction, or, wow. or maybe like a like a touchdown, or something of that nature, where we do like I like 20, where you're going here, twenty five solid minutes, or and then this just came to me. We bring a listener on to also join us in the fun of making asses of ourselves. I you mean, I, I the fact that you're just spitballing here is really impressive. I hope yeah. you're writing all these Fancy, ideas. Are down. you watching this? Like, yeah, this is this is this, <laughs> this is, is genius being right spewed here. right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, I totally forgot what, what we were going to answer. Uh, to grade on, on a scale ten. of 1 to 10, the lines. I mean, the offensive line and, and what they did today is a zero. And I don't, even, and I'm not even talking about the players. I'm talking about the fact that they decided to juggle three-fifths of the line uh, because one player was out, which makes no sense. They missed the ends, but keep in mind, both those DTs were back, and their run defense far too often just gets i mean it's bad so like the defensive line against the run uh which was supposed to be fixed is probably about a three or a two because it's really been bad and the offensive line i i just think it shows you how little regard they have for the totality of that group 
when they decide essentially on, I don't know, Friday or something, let's just juggle the whole thing. Like, think about that. Yeah, dude, it's it's mind numbing. It means they don't have they basically have no respect for it. Like, it's like we can make this work. Well, actually, no, you can't. Um, I would say the Vikings are not a bad business. I would say they're stale because I actually don't think they're a bad business. I think they're stale. And they're I think actually, they're actually a great business. Well, and I mean, they did you know, $250 million in yeah. profit last year. But I mean, they, the Forbes, but the Vikings are the Vikings are a team where when Mike is fired and if Rick is fired too, there's going to be a lot of really good names pursue this job. Yeah. All right, Dex, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings vent line. Let's go to uh, David. David, what's up, man? You're on vent hey, Welcome you, to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks. Um, so first of all, Mackie, when you made the prediction about the, the Lions winning, um, I think a lot of us felt that way. Did you feel it was a home run, or do you think it was like hit by pitch? Well, I I, I told these guys, I'm like, I mean, it is, you know, it is the Vikings soiling themselves. So can it really be a touchdown? But these guys said it was a touchdown, so or a home run, or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right, I'll give that to you then. Um, and so a couple of things. So when you talked about um, Judd, you talked about the three fifths of their line being moved around. Then that kind of like begs the, the question, why would they then try to run it up the middle on the extra points? You know, I, going for the two-point conversions. It's like, you know, you have, like, arguably the best receiver in the league. Uh, maybe you could try, you know, throwing it to him or, you know, using your tight end maybe. Yeah. That might be an appropriate place to use a tight end would be in, in, you know, the end zone to catch a tall pass. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, they went, they went 0 for 3 on two point conversions including one where because of a penalty they were at i think the one right half the distance yep. to the goal line yep like you have to work not to score three times right on the two point conversion mm-hmm. um so so we talk about the the vikings being a conservative team i would say they're illogical and the, the reason i say that is right stocker gets a holding penalty Udo gets a false start, right? So it's long yardage. So you throw a flat pass straight down the line and get blown up and lose two yards. I I don't watch enough of the NFL, other teams other than the Vikings, but I can't imagine that that's a new trend in the NFL. But the Vikings, for some reason, love throwing flat passes straight down the line. There's no reward to that. You're not going to break something wide open, right? The guy's sitting there waiting for the ball, People close on that all the time, and that kind of play happens where they get blown up more times than not. Yes. And, and if you look at, like, when Diggs and Thielen, right, two of the best receivers yards after catch, why didn't they not hit guys in stride and then let them create stuff? It's more like throwing the stuff way downfield, never short yardage kind of stuff. And then you've got this, this running back that came out of college, right? He's supposed to be one of the best receiving backs in the league. The only time you throw passes to him are screens. And over and over and over. It's so predictable. Like, they're not just conservative. They're just illogical in everything they do when it comes to this kind of stuff. Throwing a a pass straight down the line, that's a pick six or it's no game. I mean, there's no reward to those. And then the last thing I'm going to say is uh, Mike Zimmer's being on the Vikings, this is the last manifestation of um, the Herschel Walker trade, right? If if the, the Cowboys don't win, he doesn't become this defensive guru. He doesn't end up as the Vikings head coach. So this is the very, hopefully, the very end of that terrible trade. Amazing, that. David. That Amazing stuff, awesome. dude. 
Thanks for coming on. Yep. Um, you know, on the on the offensive, like just I think a lot of the things that David was talking about, I would just lump into the category of offensive blah, offensive blandness, just lack of originality, and God, you look around the NFC and just from a quarterback perspective and offensive coordinator head coaches, you got all these dynamic dudes. Like you got you got Kyler Murray. You have a Dak Prescott with a big arm. You got Hall of Famers like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, you know, Russell Wilson. Like, you got all these amazing quarterbacks and weapons. And then you got the Sean Paytons and the Bruce Arians, like Hall of Fame offensive masterminds. And then there's the whiz kid, Sean McVay, like all of this offensive power and minds and everything. And with the Vikings, like who is it? It's not Zimmer. Who, who is the offense? Who's running circles around someone offensively? So Kirk's pretty accurate, and if Kirk has perfect circumstances, he can look good. Or if you know, or if he's forced to in the second half of a Lions game because he got nothing to lose. But the Vikings are out here with water pistols in an NFC just filled with offensive ammunition. And that's, that's the why, reality. And it, that's why the best word to describe this is stale because this thing was originally planned to be defensive masterminds and offense that made sense. And 2017 is probably where, or not probably 2017 is where they hit on what they thought that they could do. Shermer called plays was fantastic. And were they a high flying collection? Probably not, but they were good offensively. And Mike's defense was at its zenith, right? Like that defense was damn good and and it took them as far as it could possibly go. The problem now is, you, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that flat out the more I watch this defense play, the game in a lot of ways has passed Mike by now. It happens to people. Like it's not a it's not an indictment. It's just well, it's, it's an the reality. It, it, it is an indictment. Right, but it happens but it's just okay. sports. But but people get People who are really good at one time in sports often then give way to people that are younger and smarter and see different trends. And the old guys say, no, no, a gap, a gap. And it's like, oh, no, not really, dude. So I think it's just passed him by. And and this team took its stab. It took its chance. And it's now gone. So, well, so that's where you have to eventually say, we've got to find a new path. It's that simple, really. That's the thing. I don't think the 2017 Vikings would have beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But but that was their chance. That, that was their chance. Mm-hmm. And Mike Zimmer put up an absolute clunker of a game plan mm-hmm. against a backup quarterback. Nick Foles did go on to win the Super Bowl MVP, but it's Nick Foles. You know, we've, we've had enough Nick Foles sample size to, to realize that you get outdueled by Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, and it's you know they were a red hot tandem at the time, but it's 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 not a great mark on your resume. The the I really think the the line that you can draw in Mike's tenure here and where it all changed is halftime of the game against the Saints, because the Vikings led comfortably and looked like they were in great shape, and Sean Payton and Breeze in in the Vikings building, which was going crazy, came out and damn near beat them. And then to start 2018, Mike's defense started to leak more, right? And and I really do believe that Doug Peterson and the Eagles built off what they saw on film. So if there's ever going to be now where we can take a marker and draw a line and say it started to really change here, I think it's halftime of the game that ironically is one of the greatest memories for Vikings fans 
but it never should have got to that. All right, Dex, who's next on Vikings Ventline? Yeah, let's go to Evan. Evan, what's up, man? You are on Ventline. Where are you calling from? Uh, you're muted, buddy. You just got to unmute your mic on. on there the you go. Of a, there you go. You hear me gotcha. now? Mm-hmm. Yep, got you. Um, so I'm Missouri right now. Um, I'm from Minnesota. I'm going to college out here. Uh, didn't really get a chance to watch the first half. I tuned in a little bit later. It was about 15-23, and I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Classic Vikings. We're going to lose to the Lions, you know, whatever. So I turn on the game, and the first thing that I see is a score again. And so I'm thinking, oh, you know, we're coming back. And we proceeded – to go, I think it was at one point second and 20, and then we throw a negative two-yard pass for third and 22, and things start to spiral from there. Breland has a pick that hits him in the hands, drops it. Um, we're going for two when, again, kind of like uh, earlier someone had said, uh, why are we going for two when we don't have to? Um, and at this point, I'm just like kind of wondering what the next step is for the Vikings because, you know, I mean – we got Zimmer and his regime of players, guys like Anthony Barr, um, Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen, kind of that older group. But you also got, obviously, Justin Jefferson, Brian O'Neill. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll have Daniil Hunter still, but th- there are some pieces, obviously. I'm, I'm wondering what the direction is now because, for me, obviously, and for most Vikings fans, I'm thinking Mike Zimmer is not it. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Evan, I think what Evan just said here, this is where I want the discussion to eventually shift full time toward here at some point in December, January, which is what's next. You know, it's been almost 700 days since this team was above 500. Unless they rattle off three wins in a row, they're probably not going to be above 500 this year. So I think I think a lot of people I, – I did sense a lot of people were actively rooting for them to lose that game today too because it's not that you're being a bad fan or that you want your favorite team to lose. It's that you want your team to win big and you just don't think that the current operation is going to be able to get there. And you know, from that perspective, maybe it was mission accomplished today. If you're going to do it, just do it <laughs> and rip the bandit off and get it over with so we can start talking about what's next around here. And I think it's tough to talk about what's next until we know who is going to be in charge of hiring the coach. Because personally, I would change GM and coach. But with the way the Wilfs are, I'm not positive that that happens. And this conversation is very different if Rick is now put in charge of of hiring Mike's replacement. So the real the the real question gets to be how complete is the overhaul going to be because if you get rid of Rick and Mike there's a good chance that Kirk is gone too if you keep Rick and get rid of Mike there's a good chance that Kirk gets extended i think and and so it's hard to say exactly how much is going to get blown up here personally i think if you're going to get rid of Mike you get rid of Rick and and allow a fresh set of eyes to come in here and and start again when it comes to the coach and they can decide what they desire in, in an offense and probably most importantly quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right, Dex. Let's go to uh loyal listener Ben in Florida. Coach Ben, what's up, man? What's up, Ben? Hey, what's up? Um yes, Judd, you were right. I was actually actively rooting for the Vikings to lose this game based okay. on how they yeah. were they were playing. But I will I will just say this, and I know there's been a lot of negative t- negativity about this game, and rightfully so. I just, for my personal personal feelings, I think the Wilfs are really good owners. I think because they invest in the team, they put down the cash. Um, I think they're they always reach that you know certain breaking point, and they I think they finally reach that breaking point. There's no the Vikings will have a new coach next year, and I also think they'll have a new GM. The question is, who is it going to be? I think the Vikings are a very attractive destination, 
for a coach and a GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just – the Wolves are not Glenn Taylor. They're not Bob McNair of the Texans. Like, if they if they were like that, I would be very concerned about the future of the franchise. But I think that with the, with the ownership the Vikings have, they're going to be an attractive destination – and the roster needs an overall, and they have a ton of tradable pieces on the roster. They can accumulate draft picks as long as they're willing to maybe tank for a year. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, you know, you know, I just think they're in a very good position right now if you're looking at it from an ownership, you know, because sorry, Mike, we had to run. Sorry, Rick, you've had a run probably longer than you should. There's no change needs that change needs to be made. No question about it. Let's Just let's let, let, let's play a game here. I think so. Ben Ben's been. Can we bring Ben back up? Yeah. So so Ben's been a, a regular caller. You're one of the OG callers into yeah. the radio edition of Ventline. I cannot. We're all kind of on the same page here about we think there's going to be a new coach. So let's do this. I'm going to count to three, and on three, all of us are going to say the name of the person that we want to be the next head coach. And so I get that we haven't all done full homework on this, but like just the names that you've sort of seen and heard to this point, just think about it for a second. And Judd's going to start. So I'm going to say one, two, three. Judd, you throw out a name. Immediately as Judd's like saying the last name of the coach, I want Dex to rapid fire second. Ben, you go third. Like boom, 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 boom. I want to rapid fire just the four names. All right? Yep. One, two, three. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Eric Bieniemy, Doug Peterson. Eric Bieniemy is interesting because Kansas City's offense has lost a little shine this season, and I feel like he does—he deserved a head coaching opportunity and still does. And I wonder if that window will have passed for him. But well, see, he doesn't I, doesn't feel as hot of a candidate as maybe the last couple of years. I think, I think the development of Patrick Mahomes just can't be um, understate understated at all. You know. Like Airbnb comes in, I think they will he needs a they definitely need a quarterback. And I would I would trust Eric Bienemy way more than I would trust Mike Zimmer to develop the next quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's just oh, yeah. that's just it's going to be an offensive guy for sure. Yes. Um, but the question is which guy will it be? And the new GM will be making that decision. So that's just I feel like it's the franchise is in a good place. Even though a loss of winners Lions looks bad, I think everything is going to be personally okay from next year and beyond. Yeah. All right, Ben. Great stuff, Thanks, ben. man. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of uh, Doug Peterson pushback here in the comments here, but I know that the way that things ended in Philadelphia was was very fiery. It was just kind of a train wreck on all fronts, and Carson Wentz wasn't developed. And but Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl. He's an offensive minded guy. He brought Nick Foles to a Super Bowl MVP. He had Carson Wentz playing at an MVP level before his injury. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of taken a gap year. I think he's going to be back as a head coach next year. So I want to be talked into it. I could definitely be talked into it. I, I think I prefer a young offensive mind who's going to come, come in, and I can be damn well sure that he's going to have a very good idea of where the league is trending offensively and quarterback development. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Uh, shades of music coming in here for another L on the YouTube comment section. Imagine Mackie and Judd as a Patriots podcast back in the day. Every time Brady has great stats but loses, oh is boy. it Brady's fault too? Well, you can count on about one hand how many times Brady had great stats and lost a game with the Patriots. The next time I hear someone 
using Tom Brady in the what about sense when it comes to Kirk Cousins. You should just delete every social media account that you have. Shades, Shades must watch us just as just to, to get his uh, daily dose of hate out. <laughs> Shades, you're over two, but keep going Shades back to like, the well. I here. hate those guys so much. I'm going to watch them. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Who's next, Declan? Let's go to Alex. Alex, what's up, man? You're on Vikings event line. Where are you calling from? What's up, guys? This is Alex in Kenosha. Kenosha. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, just wanted to say basically that I wasn't even really mad about this game. Like when I think about this team, I was just waiting for this shoe to drop. Like when I look at the Zimmer tenure under Spielman, I think the biggest mistake that the that the Wolves made was after that Saints playoff win before San Francisco, Dallas was going to give you first round pick potentially for for Spiel, for Zimmer and you said, "You know what? We've seen this and it's good enough." And you know what? Since then, it's been terrible. It's been this game has always in their DNA. They can always lose this game. And it doesn't no matter what they're if they if they go 13 and 3 this year, whatever it is, 13 and 4, they I do not trust these guys to win three straight playoff games. There's no way I'd be confident in any of them. So when I look at them, I'm like, good, finally, let's get this Band-Aid off. Let's let's move on. Let's stop doing – and I and I heard the, the radio call of the game, and these guys, I get that they're paid to, to support the team, but it's like, what delusion are you living in? You're, they're, like, excited that they're, like, clawing back against Jared Goff. They already lost to Cooper Rush. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> Yes, so, Alex, overall, yes. This is amazing. This is, this is like me. I'm not even mad about this. And then it just divulges into this because – it should be better. We have competent owners, and it's like raise the bar like one rung, and we would be able to say, you know what? No, Dallas, good, good, you know, good luck with a sixty-year-old defensive coach. Have fun. They they hired Mike McCarthy after the sleepover. So let's let's move on. Let's let's exactly. look to to use Justin Jefferson. And and but but that's that's what it comes down to for me is when ownership says this isn't good enough, then I'll be a hundred percent invested again because this yeah. is just what are we doing? Totally Love it, man. Alex, just bringing the heat, man. That's bringing the Alex. fire from enemy territory. Thanks for coming on, man. Definitely. He's a thousand percent right. Though. Get Alex. He's a thousand percent right. And that's why the Wolves probably need, need to change the GM, too, because Rick has been their football voice for a long time. And they trust Rick and they like Rick. And that's fine. But at some point in time, you have to you have to look at all of your football ops department and say, who's really doing uh, constructive work here? And, and who's telling us what we want to hear as opposed to what we need to hear. And that's part of the problem with executives. A lot of them uh, cling to, to their jobs with the hope that ass kissing is going to save them. Uh, instead of saying, I'm going to have to go tell the Wilfs the truth here, which is we're, we don't have it. And here's what we need to change. And when that happens, Things will change for the better. Yeah. Hey, real quick here before we get to our next Vikings fan, we do have some breaking news. The Cousins Crusaders have done the number crunching, and this is now the 21st consecutive game in which Kirk has avoided blame for a performance or a loss. So congratulations. So what do we got? Congratulations. I just told you, 20, 21, I mean, consec- 21 consecutive did Kirk, games. Did Kirk say it's he, he has avoided blame? He has he has he does not take any blame or deserve any blame I mean, for a Vikings yeah. loss because he hit a one hundred passer rating and three hundred yards with no interceptions, and therefore because the box score checked out for Kirk, uh, the Cousins Crusaders have have deemed him blameless for this loss. So look can't. look elsewhere. 
I'm just negative Nancy's. I'm just excited for the day after Kirk leaves when the Crusaders turn and stab him in the back <laughs> at two Crusaders. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Who's next? Who's next? Let's go to uh, Cali Viking. Cali Viking, what's up, man? Yeah. How's, how's the weather there? It's, it's snowing here. Ooh. I just want to say Merry Christmas, and especially to the Lions fans right there. I mean, that Christmas tree is your first win, man. <laughs> 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 man is depressing like always but i want to just got some notes going though first off the old line they tried that out there why would you switch up three positions for one guy gone i just don't understand that they want davis not in there so bad like what did this guy do we don't know we, we never heard nothing what's going on that is like a world question mark and uh the development department coaching, of course, Will Spillman. He did the third round draft pick for that. Next, Zimmer, like he's doing with me. I'm all hyped up. I'm shaking. He's shaking when he's doing play calling. Like third down, what I do? Let's bring him back eight yards and let Jared Goff cook. No, nah, what are you doing? Throw the double A gap. The uh, backup linebackers, how come they don't practice that? It's like Kendricks and Barr, they're the only ones that could do that. What's going on in practice? What are they making them do? That's what I'm saying. It's all, it, should, it should be the same type of thing, plug and play. That's coaching right there. Next thing, uh, check down Cousins. It's uh, We're uh, up by three, moving down the field. Justin Jefferson throws that big yard across the, across the side, get that 34 yards, and then a uh, big play, third down. Chance to blow the game open. And what does Kurt do? Throw it behind the line of scrimmage to your right side for a, like a three-yard loss. Real depressing. And before, <laughs> push up the middle. Bradbury, what are we doing? Uh, Rick, what is Rick telling him? He's a first-round draft pick. Yo, 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 keep him in. He's not a buzz. Yes, he is a buzz. Let him go. That's it. That's it. Done with the push up the middle. Udiodo, I feel bad for him, man. They're moving him up and down, left and right. I feel bad for him, but he looks lost in the sauce. I mean, it is what it is. Number Cali five. Viking, hey, happy holidays to you, man. We'll see if we can uh, maybe get the Lions a couple more gifts under that tree in the last month and a half. Man, Campbell Lions. loves it. <laughs> oh, it's great stuff, man. Um, God, I mean, like, his points about the backups coming in, do you think if, if – Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks were the linebackers on the field for that last drive. Would the Vikings have laid off 10 yards off the line of scrimmage with no extra pressure? I agree. It's almost like Zimmer doesn't trust his own backup players to come in and right. execute the same exotic blitz packages right. or whatever. And if that's the case, then that's on coaching too. But you're giving away the game then. Like that is the if, – if you had asked for the recipe for disaster on a last drive, and I don't care who the opponent is, the Vikings played it. Like I would much, I'd much prefer you be aggressive and get burned, than you lay back. I mean, it was third and ten, right? They're laying back fifteen yards. They gave them a first down. They gave them thirteen yards. It was third and ten. Why would you give them? This is Jared Goff and the Lions, dude. It's not TB twelve. This ain't oh. TB twelve. I, I mean, KC eight is basically the same guy as a TB twelve. Oh. There, so I don't know what you're talking about, Zolgad. Poor. You know what? You know what? Dex, we are therapists, okay? So let's mm-hmm. go easy. The Kirk, the Kirk stands, the Cousins Crusaders, even they need our help. It's December, the holiday season. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help everybody. We can't pick and choose. We can't pick and choose. We're trying to help them, too. We're here for all of our yeah, we Vikings are. Exactly brothers and right. sisters. Yes. Exactly right, because the Cousins Crusaders are going to have their day 
where they where they meet the fate of what happens to KC8 and we're and who's going to pick up the pieces, boys? It's going to be this show. That's right. And if we you're do. if you're enjoying Vikings Vent Line today, this is part of Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment Therapy Loathing Fear. Don't speculation on Tuesday, by the way. I have a feeling that Boone's going to take it to new heights. Yeah, Boone has been so much fun this year on Purple Daily. He's taught us more about offensive line play, too, with his like film breakdowns. And can stuff. You, I cannot wait to ask him, how, <laughs> how do you feel about three-fifths of the line being changed? Well, dude, you know, he's the one. It's funny because he was a guard, and he very infamously stepped up when they had when Matt Khalil went down with a knee injury or something. And TJ Clemmings was getting destroyed, and Alex Boone walked into Mike Zimmer's office and said, I will play left tackle for this team. And they kind of laughed at him and said, dude, just go back to the practice Correct. field. Right. And and it didn't sit well, and there was a rift and whatnot. Well, I mean, they literally put one of the worst right guards in the NFL, a young player with no experience, at left tackle today, and then brought Bradbury back after Kirk Cousins has felt very comfortable with Mason Cole, who's played well the last month. Yeah. Just uh, incredible. But anyways, click subscribe if you're hanging out with us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and then uh, we will give you daily Vikings content. And also click the like button. If you're just sick of the crap, you just want your favorite team to win and win big, you're sick of people maybe chiding you for not being full-on loyal to a mediocre team, you can be loyal and still want your team to make big changes and maybe even take one step back for the purposes of two steps forward, too. We're trying to we're trying to sort of redefine what makes a good Vikings fan on Purple Daily. There's many different types of of ways to be a good fan. All right, who's next here on Purple Daily? On Vikings Veland. Neil, what's hey guys, up, man? Um, You're on I'm a first time caller, somewhat long time listener. Where are you calling from, man? Minneapolis. All right. Um, and I'm just gonna start off by saying I have never been a Cousins stand fan or anything like that. I've been skeptical since day one. Um, and I think you know we don't see that much of his flaws in this game as we do some other games, the Cowboys games. But um, I think one of the things that we don't look at as often as we do all the quarterbacks is his chemistry with his receivers on the sidelines. Um, you look at someone, Tom Brady's been brought up a lot in this call, and um, I think you look at someone like Tom Brady. Whenever you see him on the sidelines, either starting films or he's talking to one of his receivers, trying to figure out what the next best play is, uh, where he went wrong on that thing. And I, I get nervous because I look at Jefferson on the sidelines, and he looks bored and he looks frustrated. Obviously, you're very frustrated with this team. No. But it looks like he doesn't want to be here. And you know what? If anyone, we have to protect him for next year. He's the number one guy on this team, on the squad. I mean, we have a bunch of good defensive players, but at the end of the day, whatever, we have Zimmer's defense, so we can get through it. Um, but, no, I just think that I'm concerned of um, when we do eventually get rid of Cousin Zimmer at the end of the season, which I think is inevitable, um, I think that we're going to saddle up on Cousins again, and I think we're going to rely on him again, which – is kind of the same tune we've been playing, and I think we're going to get the same results from him. We're going to be, it's just going to be a circle rewinding, rewinding, rewinding. So um, I'm very frustrated about that. And if we do keep uh, Cousins for a couple next years, you know what? He's terrible under pressure. Bradbury sucks. Put the put the long snapper in. Give him 20 yards to throw the ball. And, and he has a good arm. He has a good arm. Put him in there and give him time because that's what he needs. And I'm sick of him just just constantly wincing like he's passing a kidney stone. So you know what? I'm I'm just I'm just done with this. Let's draft a quarterback, try to start new, maybe keep him another year, but then I'm done with it. I'm cutting ties. We lost to the Lions, one of the most embarrassing things. I mean, there we have we have two in my opinion of the most embarrassing losses um of not Vikings history. I'm probably engaging in hyperbole, but um we lost the Cowboys with with Rush and then the oh, the winless Lions. So 
I mean, come on. Something needs to change. And I'm, Dude, I'm Neil, first of all, uh, Teeth Clencher Cousins, I think, is the is the new nickname we're going to add to the bunch yeah, here. But yeah. that is the vent of the night. Yeah. Give it up for Neil, man. Yep, way to go, Neil. Neil just killed it, man. So Neil, so so you're gonna get you're gonna get a night for four people to the Surly Beer Hall. Two appetizers for the table, four entrees, and three beers per person. The Surly Beer Hall is back. I'm gonna make an appearance there on Thursday night for a little bit before that Viking Steelers game. Um, over 30 beers on draft from the flagship Surly Furious, which is what's in front of Judd's head right now, all the way to experimental and vintage beers and amazing food in both the kitchen uh, dining hall area and also Surly Pizza upstairs. So congrats, Neil. Send an email to uh, to Declan on the Vikings on a vent line. Is it, It's vikingsventline at gmail.com, and uh, we'll hook you up, man. All right, dude. Great stuff. Great job. Dude, that was... I love. We've got some of the like most. We got some of the best, smartest, and also funniest listeners of this show. Yep. You guys, just, you guys raise the bar every single week. I love when new people come on too and just raise the bar even more. So that was awesome. And and it shows too that there are so many people that are sick of the pandering and the oh the Vikings are great. The Vikings are there. There are a lot of really intelligent football fans and Vikings fans. And and to have them in this uh, community of ours is absolutely so much fun. It's a blast. I love it. Yep. Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings sure. Ventline. Let's go to Jeff. Jeff, what's up, sir? How are you? You're on Vikings Ventline. You know, I start great. I started out at 21 years old today, and now I'm uh, I'm 51. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff aged 30 years in the second quarter. Actually, years. no. Uh, I tell you one thing. The worst of all this is is that I'm the idiot, okay? I, I gave up at halftime. I kept watching the, the score a little bit on the phone, and I got drawn back in to watch it. I knew it was coming, right? I'm, I'm, I've been watching this for, you know, my entire life. My dad sentenced me to this team, okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I just, I knew it was, the writing was on the wall, you know, and I'm just so tired of su- supporting these perennial losers uh, you know, really, Minnesota sports teams. I, I'm from Sioux Falls area. I drive up to multiple games a year, Vikings or Twins and T-Wolves and the Wild. Wild are pretty exciting. The Wild are pretty but, badass, yeah. man. Yeah, the Wild, the Wild are badass this year. But I tell you one thing. It's just like, do the Wolves think we're going to be this stupid forever? I mean, people got to give up on this. I mean, I can't hardly handle it. My heart, I can't, I can't, I get so pissed off. Excuse my language. No, you're you know? good. <laughs> and, uh, I just don't know. We play soft defense all the time. Uh, w- the game is past them or by, and I do believe Spillman's got to go as well. And Kirk sucks too. Where is this organization? <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, my I son and I just, uh, we're all complaining back and forth and, and I'm the idiot that got everybody in it, you know. So uh, it's not know. your fault. Your dad's fault, Jeff. Come on, it is my dad's fault. He yeah. gave me that lifelong sense. Yeah, sounds man. like yeah. sounds like terrible parenting all throughout your family. Quite frankly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, and uh, uh, I don't know. It's just I have such a love for this team. I, you know, and I, I took my wife on our honeymoon to the Twins. How romantic, right? I mean, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay, man. We're... You guys get paid. I just have to pay too. <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. shelling out money for sure, garbage. Jeff, great stuff, man. Come on Thanks, again, man. definitely sometime. I love it. That was epic. 
man. It's it's just like it's true. Now the Wild, that team's that team is now. There's about four months left in the regular season here. We'll see what uh, happens. The X but. was buzzing last night, baby. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Oh my else. god, the X was that buzzing. was such a fun game. You know what? You know what's amazing, boy. When you hire a GM who comes in and has a vision and knows how how to win, and then they tell. Oh, ownership, not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Sometimes it works. It does. Yeah, it's interesting. How, yeah. What do you know, Judd? Rick Spielman knows more about football. Uh, yeah, okay. That's cool. And you should start and- unbuttoning your shirts like Rick Spielman does, though. Mm-hmm. Show off a little of that. I do have the chest hair. Yeah. Like, if you want to see the chest hair. I, I, think, he chest sh- hair. I think he shaves or waxes. I don't think you guys want to see. I think he waxes. Oh, does, does, well, no, but I'm does saying Rick I Spielman wax hair, his yeah. chest tomorrow oh, on Purple Daily? God, we discuss. Stop. Let's keep going. <laughs> Or who's next? Let's go. Let's go to Josh. Josh, what's up, dude? Welcome back to Ventland. How are you? Um, I mean, how good could I be? Right? I, this is this is every week. I I don't understand it. I live in Denver, and every week we end up watching the Vikings at the end of the game, and everybody just roots against me. It crushes my soul. <laughs> now, do you just follow Teddy to all of the cities that he plays in? Were you in New York? George Payton. He's a big George. And George Payton. Payton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Follow George yeah. Payton. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I don't think you guys get enough credit having a show about Vikings, about the Vikings, and there are no obscenities. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, we I are. I got Christmas right around the corner, but anytime I'm outside the room, my relatives are weaving a tapestry of obscenities. We're like the Vikings will end us. We are trained high wire artists. It's very yeah. difficult for us a to not say f bombs. Of obscenities is a great yeah. phrase. That's damn near a band right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please yeah, put your hands together. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I I love the show, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I guess we just hope for a tank right now. I mean, I don't want them. I don't want them to lose every game, but they won't. Don't do worry. Now. No, dude, they're gonna they're gonna beat the Steelers so on right. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean the Steelers are in the, the the Steelers are playing the Ravens in a in a late afternoon game, and that's going to be a black and blue. You know, you know Ben Roethlisberger is telling his teammates he's going to retire. Like it's they're going to beat the Steelers on Thursday. It doesn't matter. But. All I know is that Kirk and the offense did their job and were let down by the defense. It's the defense's fault. The quarterback and the rest of his teammates on offense. They did exactly what they were supposed to. Gave them a lead. It is amazing. Like uh, this is another just thing. classic. This is this is his career. And yes, the defense was ravaged by injuries. They were gashed in the first half and on the last drive by Jared Goff. There's plenty of blame to go around. But people are literally going to look at this and say, "Well, 340 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 116.7 passer rating." If you think Kirk is part of the problem, then you're an idiot. Yeah. And those people either are blind or didn't watch the game, the first two quarters in particular. And we had, what, three surefire picks that the Lions didn't capitalize on? Yeah, those two. I think there were three that easily could have been picked off by competent defenders. I think, like, that's the thing, too. When Kirk thinks be more aggressive, it somehow translates toward be a sprinkler of interceptable passes as opposed to just, like, calculated aggression that's... (laughs) that's... sprinkler of interceptable passes. <laughs> oh, God. It looks like we got Luke here yeah, got Luke. next on Ventline. Luke, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Thank you guys for allowing me on the show. I watch you guys yeah. like every Sunday. 
Thank you. I've been watching you guys Sorry, since sorry about that. <laughs> we appreciate you, Luke. Man, I've been on the Zimmer train, Zimmer out train for the last year, man. I'm just tired of it, you know? And, you know, we keep talking about how he's so conservative. You know, if you guys think, if we go back to the to the Saints game where Dick saved us, um, at the end of the game, he was like, oh, yeah. And that Breeze last drive, I was maybe too conservative. It's like, for how long? You know, how long? How long? Even today, um, after golf went three and out, we had the ball. Even the the, the punter that was on the on the press box, you can hear him say, "Oh, that last drive was probably Zimmer telling uh, Kubiak, let's be conservative, let's not turn the ball over." It's like, why? With all the talent we have, you know, it's just, it's never gonna end, man. Zimmer has to go. <laughs> I, just, I, I just feel like the game is past them, you know. For yeah, example, no. even you know, keep running uh, Madison through the middle. And I think he needs to be cut too. I don't know why he's still a backup. We should have kept Boone. You know, if we go back to the to the Seattle game, it was obvious. Madison cannot run through the middle. I know he scored a touchdown, but he's not shifty. You know, Mike. Yeah, you're. Isn't Mike Boone getting some run for the Broncos? I got her here in training camp. I didn't know if he was back yet or not. Yeah, he in the joint scrimmages here. He got hurt. He was carted off the field. I saw it. Yeah, Mike Boone, uh, he is with Denver. I did see him pop back? up. I thought he might, might have got he some. Might he was back. supposed to get some carries. He popped up Probably on like summer. my deep fantasy running back like waiver yeah. options today. I was like, Mike Boone? And up next, Phil talks about his Where'd that guy team? come from? Yeah, yeah you guys want to hear more about my and fantasy then team? Then baseball league team. <laughs> Freddie Freeman. Should oh, Phil trade him or not? A lot of debate. A lot of debate over uh, daily or weekly lineups in the fantasy oh, baseball league. I'll tell oh, you guys about oh, it. Oh, boy. We can't <laughs> wait for that. And just, just to make you know, a few more points, you know, it's like even since last year, um, I wish we lost every game because last year was kind of quarterback heavy. But then it was like, can Zimmer really coach a new QB? Like, right, is, he right. the, is he the guy to, you know, that we want our young quarterback to be coached by? And it's not. He just, he's too negative, you know, too conservative, too negative. It's like, no. Yeah. And then, for, you know, last question for you guys. I mean, we already know Zimmer's going out. But as for, as for GM, if Steven does leave, who will we want to hire? You know, we don't really have a good track record of being aggressive and hiring the right guys. You know, we haven't yeah. had a good quarterback for a long time. You know, even I'm I'm with uh, Judd. With, I don't want an interim coach. <laughs> we had Brad Childress. You know, um, yeah. Leslie Frazier. I'm tired. You know, <laughs> I want an aggressive coach. You know, we're all tired. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the problem. Luke, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Great stuff, Luke. On again. You know, the thing about the GM spot, too, is, I mean, I know that Rick hasn't been in that official role his entire time with the Vikings, but he's been the GM for almost 10 years, and he's been helping to run football ops ever since the Wilfs arrived. You know, it's not like the Wilfs, they've had multiple experiences hiring head coaches, starting with Brad Childress, but finding if, if they are indeed kicking the tires on, maybe just cleaning out the front office or at least cleaning out Rick Spielman, that's going to be something that they really haven't done in 15 years. I know. Like, do you go with a search firm? Do you go with, and, and you know, that, that can be scary because I I don't think with search firms in this town, there's been a ton of success across the board. Glenn Taylor paid like $200,000 to be referred to Tom Thibodeau. It's like, who, by the way, he was like the highest profile candidate. We could have just told you no (laughs) business being a pobo like coach. Yeah, fine. Um, but I think if they so I think if the Wilfs end up going with a new GM, here's my guess: it's a name we're not going to know. 
like I don't think that's as recyclable enough as coaches are. So I think if you go with a GM, it's probably going to be like Broncos fans thought thought of Peyton, which was probably who's George Peyton. Yeah. Right. So I don't think that it's it's a um a slam dunk that if they go with a GM that it's going to be a name that is readily recognized. So yeah, again, there's so much to be done. The, the Vikings still play the Bears a couple times. I think this might have been the day that finally did it for Matt Nagy. I think I think Matt Nagy gets fired sometime in the next 48 hours because they were supposed to fire him like a week ago. Oh yeah, I, I and they just got just got the bleep beat out of him by Arizona today at home. Yeah, the McCaskies though have never fired a coach in season. This has to, this, this feels so, so toxic though, and they're ruining Justin Fields to some extent. Yeah, but I guess what I was gonna say is like if the Bears if the Bears hang on to Matt Nagy, I think yeah. the Vikings could pick up two wins against Chicago. But if they fire Matt Nagy, I think you could see the Bears perk up a little bit, show some pride, and play for someone new. And then you might be looking at a loss After at Soldier today, Field or something. Though. After, I'm certain of this: the Vikings are not going to run the table on losses. Beyond oh, that, yeah. I don't know now. Like I just don't know. Uh, today, today might have been the first time, including the including the Cooper Rush game. Today was the first time that there were elements I thought of were done, like, like quit, were, quit done, yeah, or would, yeah, yeah, like, yes, like players, like there were Justin Jefferson. I don't think is quitting by any means because he put up ridiculous numbers, but yes, like no. his body language was like oh, was, like eye roll body language yeah. today. But I thought I saw some guys make business decisions at times, which I don't think until today I've seen. And I can't, you know what, at this point in time. I think Clint Kubiak made a couple business decisions on two-point conversion play calls. He's like, I don't want to be here anymore. This is ridiculous. How do you go for three? Uh, Just uh, hand the ball off of the middle. How do you go over? I quit. How do you do that? It's damn near impossible. Well, then they tried to run. It was was kind of a deception play with Wang Wu, right? He was coming across. It was like they had motion. They, they sort of, I can't remember exactly what happened. It was like they almost like faked a handoff to the left, and then he comes around sort he of the right. Left. It's like, the, the, yeah. I, I think it was a running back at the normal position, Osborne in motion, Wang Wu, as soon as the ball is snapped, takes the ball from left to right, but then he cuts yeah. right up into the middle of the defensive line. But, like, why is he, and again, these are more rhetorical questions, I really wanted to see just just to see what it looked like. Eight to ten offensive touches for him instead of, dude. Alex Madison is a backup. He's a good running back, but he's a backup running back. And instead of saying, "All right, let's give Madison maybe twelve to fifteen, and then sprinkle in ten for Wong Wu and see what happens." Twenty-two carries for Madison, another three targets. So they so twenty-five targets or carries to Madison. Wong Wu had two carries. And he also had uh, two catches. Now, none of them really went anywhere. Right. But I think, you know, the the runs were like just sort of, it was almost like these are the same runs that Madison would get, and he's spelling Madison. I'd love right. to see them find creative ways to get Wang yeah. Wu in space like eight times. That's and you're, you're going to whiff on three of them. Not all of them are going to be home runs, but give yourself a chance to get that dude out in space and see what happens. They, they ran at least two plays for him that they would have been better off handing the ball to CJ Ham on <laughs> because he he would have just pounded yeah. it like yeah. what why was not going to pound through the line that's a ridiculous notion oh man yeah there, there were at least the, the two-point conversion and then there was another one where where Madison had come out 
where Wang Wu was basically asked to pound through the line. And it's like, if you're going to do that, just hand the ball to CJ Ham. Mm. It actually makes more sense. Yeah. Well, uh, shout out to uh, Federated, too. You know, Federated will protect your business better than the Vikings offensive line protected Kirk Cousins today. Not Kirk's fault. Never Kirk's fault. Federated's been around for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They're one of us. Huge supporters of Score North, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily. So uh, if you're a business owner and you're just looking for better frontline protection, risk management, bottom line protection, employee protection, let Federated help you. Trusted resources and people, again, going back 100 years. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, dudes. That's a wrap. On this episode of Vikings Ventline, if only one of us could have foreseen this coming. No, very nice job. Uh, Kirk, by the way, is now, when trailing, entering the fourth quarter, 226-1. Well, yeah, but, like, it's not his fault. Yeah. The defense gave up those points. Did you see his stats today? His stats were unbelievable. This was a great game. What do you want the guy to do? I hear that Jefferson, if Kirk is gone, is going to to demand a trade to Kirk's new team because they have such a chemistry. (laughs) Wherever Kirk goes, I go. Yep. Handcuff us together. Clint, too. Give me Clint. Give me more Kubiak. Uh, Well, hey, we're here for you guys. This has just been a gut punch of a season, but uh, we've got you covered. Daily Vikings therapy, entertainment. Vikings, a couple of people asking, will Vikings Ventline take place on Thursday night this week? You damn right it will. Right after the Vikings Steelers game. doesn't take games off? It's an absurd question. An absurd question. Vikings Ventline takes no games off. No. We've got you covered right after that Steelers game. Vikings Steelers at U.S. Bank Stadium Thursday. And uh, tomorrow will be Pie Chart of Blame Monday on Purple Daily. Don't forget to click subscribe and the like button on this video. It helps spread the word about this community of Vikings fans. And a shout out to our friends. At Surly for presenting. Don't forget, kids, drink your Surly. Mm -hmm. It'll make it at least a little bit better. Brush your teeth with Surly, kids. That's right. Uh, It really doesn't have any whitening effects, but it'll make you feel good. So (laughs) it'll make you feel much better. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us here, Vikings Ventline. See you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.